You know, it's crazy. What? Every time, every time we do these things, we're like, how are we going to intro this? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to intro? What are they going to say? Right. <laughs> and I'm over here singing. You can have all this world. Amazing. And that just sounds just like her. <clears throat> uncanny it's, guys good morning beautiful. welcome to the self-evident podcast you're here for a good one we've got a treat for you it's gonna it's massey and mike we hey. it never changes <laughs> unless carrie gets brought into this whole mix which by the way her videos are killing it right now. right <laughs> why do we do what we do i gotta give a special <laughs> shout out you see this painting right behind me this was painted by a young artist. She's a uh, she's a little young thing. She's probably eight nine years old. No, she might be about that age. Farah, and um, she painted it. I really liked it, so I bought it from her. And so I said, you know, I'm gonna hang that somewhere in the office. But look at that. I mean, that's just like Bob Ross quality. It really right there. is. So I was like, good for you, kiddo. So shout out to her. There she's we go. You know, she's she's uh, yeah. Anywho, we're here. God more. Uh, God morning. It's been a God well, morning. That- but that it's a good sense. morning. Guys, make sure to do all the things. We don't need to tell you. You, you know, go share and like and subscribing and sharing it. Like I already said that, but like just share it. <laughs> Click those buttons. The more people share, the more people share it. And then more people listen. And then more people get helped and healed. Maybe saved. You don't know. So one little share could save us all. I will remember you. <laughs> I was about to, I was about to put massive conviction on everybody. <laughs> what souls are you not saving by not sharing? Uh, I was thinking of that quote from Charles Spurgeon, which is a quote from a greater sermon. He said, "If you don't desire to see sinners saved, you're not saved yourself. Be sure of it." I was like, "Ooh." <laughs> I was like, no, "Give me a heart for that more." You know right. what I mean? But uh, no, Am I mean, there's I we should do that a quote every morning that just like pierces our hearts, and then <laughs> just the rest of the podcast just doesn't even matter. Nobody's even listening. They're on the floor repenting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like straight revival in their homes because we said a quote like that. Oops. Oh. Mikey, we're talking about Liberty. It's a Liberty series, guys. Yeah. Again, good morning. Thank you for tuning in. You guys are amazing. Uh, we love all the support, the love, the haters. As Cardi B once said, this goes out so, to all my so haters. Wisely said. Wisely said. We, you know, she, and you, her grammar is insane. She said, uh, you know, punctuation, use of syllables, amazing. She said, I'd like to thank all my haters too, because y'all be downloading my stuff and commenting on it and hating on it, and it benefits me. Ha 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 Which I thought, whew, that philosophy cut deep. And we're glad. <laughs> And grateful. It's like, dang, she just read my mail. <laughs> the words of poets. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, what presented is, from uh, down sages from on and high. poets. Yep. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the mountain of wisdom has been climbed, and Cardi B beat you there, guys. <laughs> just what she's, I mean, first, what she said was true. It was. <laughs> the second thing crazy. I was like, just how she did it so freely. It's it reminds me of when we were listening to Glenn Beck did the the reading Cardi B <laughs> tweets about inflation, and it's we, like we gotta play that. We'll, we we'll, do it. It was so we'll, we'll find it because <laughs> about half of it, it's like that's so true. But I have to dig through the word salad to figure out what you're saying. <laughs> we'll get there though. But what she said was good. It was. <laughs> it's like 
so good it was about like inflation and <laughs> yeah you know saving and money markets people and, like why well, you care about less she's like uh the price of lettuce is going up and i'm wondering about other people who have to spend a lot of money on lettuce <laughs> what don't you get <laughs> Dude, but it was how he read it and this guy was commenting he's like oh the depth <laughs> <laughs> Analysts are still figuring out this <laughs> sentence. Oh, I wish we'd have found it. We gotta find. We'll it. find it. We'll <laughs> we'll we'll share it on our own thing. Hey guys, just the one in full. You're just gonna know this about us. If you don't like the first five minutes of this, well, whatever. Okay, we laugh. <laughs> joy is the joy of the Lord is my strength, pals. Okay, laughter is medicine for those old. I don't hear much laughter. I know. Me, but... <laughs> I thought someone would laugh about that. And nothing. Left high and dry. No medicine for the soul of the day. Man, that sucked. <laughs> that, was a, that was a nothing burger right there. Boy. Yeah, the sorry. Hindenburg is... Wait, maybe that's probably... The, the nothing burger. <laughs> Kablooey. Probably not the best thing to joke about. This is bad. Too soon? Yeah. Too soon? Is that what it is? Hindenburg, man. Too soon. So, guys, we're talking about liberty. We're doing a series on liberty. And the last couple have been doozies. But the reason they've been doozies is because liberty is not the easiest thing to talk about, but it's the easiest thing to talk about. We think liberty is a complicated issue. It's really not. And so we're talking about aspects of liberty that some of the reasons maybe why people don't want liberty. And today, uh, we really focused on this thing called fear. Um, I guess we could give you all the cliche terms and scriptures and all these other things, but we're going to do some of that but it's like what we want to do is get into your heart and our heart and if the people listening could just be honest with god i think we could change let's be honest we hate liberty in a lot yeah. of ways it's fearful it's dreadful it's um what's the right word i mean i think uh people listening would understand like fear breeds this thing like oh if we have no rules then what you know what's gonna happen i'm like bruh we got rules everywhere right now and look what's happening where does a rule not control your life in some way? And we're still experiencing mass shootings. We're still experiencing uh, suicides at a high rate. We're still experiencing uh, divorces at a high rate. We're still experiencing fatherless children. We're still experiencing uh, uh, un unwed, preg or, uh, uh, unwed pregnancies. Yeah. Un uh, you know, uh, all these things, right? Uh, crazy crap taught in schools now uh, in the name of tolerance. And, and, you know, you, you can't, you can't even sniff at your gun in some States because, oh my gosh, it's a big violation. You can't even have a, you know, certain guns in certain States, all these rules and stuff and still sin prevails. And we're still talking about how corrupt America is and how unhappy America is. Yeah. You, you they're, would, not, they're not free. You would think if, the more rules that we put in, the happier we would be. I don't think anybody would argue America is a pretty unhappy nation right now. So was it the rules that, helped you become happy and satisfied and content or was it something else right and people don't draw that distinction they think ah we'll all be happy if we can get rid of guns and and we can all of a sudden be safe because the risk of guns is gone we still see states with intense gun control they're unhappy things aren't going well and it's because there's something else that rules can't control that's going on in people. Um, but that's kind of an aside. What we're going to really discuss is, so we're doing a thing on liberty. Yeah. And, and you may think, okay, you guys are just trying to shoehorn everything into liberty because you're doing that series. But we're, we're going to point out to you why liberty and fear are so 
closely intertwined, why they intersect. Do it, baby. Right? Do it. And we've discussed these elements before. So I want you to treat this like self-evident podcast bingo. Okay? Where have we talked about liberty and fear before? Yeah, and hopefully Ooh. you guys can go back and refer to some, some of these podcasts. What we're doing is this is for a greater thing. What we're talking about is for a future project we're working on too. So we're putting on, we're documenting our thoughts a lot on these podcasts and, and where, where our hearts go and where our minds go. Right. So like the point is <clears throat> Liberty is a boring idea. Cause yeah. then if you give people Liberty, there's nothing to talk about, you know, except for the sins and stuff, but that's when the church enacts itself, synagogues, all these other places to come out and do what they're, I'm not trying to convolute religions. I'm saying that's their duty is to go help their neighbors, their fellow men. Right. Uh, 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 Kiwanis clubs and you know boys, the original boys and girls club, not the nasty crap that's going on, and you know the, you know now Girl Scouts supporting abortions and the you know we're Boy talking Scouts about the, yeah, becoming the Girl Scouts, right, right, or the Scouts, you know. Uh, so we're 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 talking about what these groups were meant to do and protect the original Salvation Army, um, and so getting back to those foundations requires liberty. And even having a nonprofit now, the rules that are on the nonprofit world are insane. Well, it's because there's been so much corruption. Yeah, because government never has corruption. So then your corruption is going to govern our govern our corruption. Right. Like what? The the corrupted watching the corrupted. That yeah, sounds yeah. like it'll that, end that, well. Right there. That's <laughs> that's a Cardi B statement. <laughs> well, I mean. Did you just compare me to Cardi B? No, 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 Mike. No, 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 no. I am I am comparing the fact that you've been listening to that sage for a little while now. <laughs> She's just, she, it's coming over me. The, the eloquence. The, yeah. <laughs> all right. So all of us have some fears, right? Maybe they're spiders or heights. Okay. Or spiders on top can, of heights. You can, know. can we clarify real fast before you just talk about this? Cardi B we're praying for salvation. It's not that what, what, what happens is we've glorified people in this industry. Right. And we're seeing, but we're also seeing, shoot, they really think about these things, but these are in a lot of ways for young children thought of as thought leaders. You know what I mean? And what we're saying is G Jesus is a thought leader. Right. Like Jesus is a savior. Can't glorify these things. Now, dude, by chance one day, if she ever says, Hey, I want to talk about Liberty welcome right we, we love you you know we're not against you we're really not against her um at all we're against what she does of course you know but no i want the lord to, to save her that's in in truth is truth right um but you got to be careful of the vessels that you put your trust in that may be giving some truth right because truth truth is one of those things that can very easily get twisted so you've got to watch out those vessels that are are providing right. it right and and weigh it out Weigh out everything we say. Go back to Scripture. Go back to the Lord. Figure out, is what they are saying true? Is it not? Be a Berean. What's the lens? Yeah, what's exactly. the lens? So. All right. So we all have fears. We all have fears. I think that's important to note. So don't fear. Don't fear. That's, there it is. There's, there's actually a very intense psychological... Uh, psychiatry process that goes into getting rid of fears and easy we've got a clip of a a life a, a real life session that i think answers all your questions about how to get rid of fear it's so let's side trickery it it is <laughs> the strategy of side trickery 
Okay. <laughs> you ready? Yes. Okay, you're there. Stop it! <laughs> I'm sorry? Stop it! Stop it? Yes. S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So there we go. Podcast over. Yeah, quit fearing. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but I don't know. No, just stop. Easy, do you, do you feel what are you encouraged? I do. Good. Like, I I can run into a brick wall right now. In fact. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been something. Yeah, right. <laughs> All those cuts across the camera. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know what he proved, but he proved it. <laughs> so sometimes it, it feels like I can't get over fear. True. And and we tell ourselves, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm just not going to fear. And then all of a sudden, physiologically, it all starts to boil up because we have biological responses. Fear is so often a process of your imagination. Yeah. Whether true and accurate or not, it's a process of the imagination. Now, why is that? Because you see something. All of a sudden, you start thinking what this thing is going to do or how it's going to affect you, how it's going to harm you, right? Let's say you're afraid of a spider and it's just sitting there. Your fear is that spider is going to harm you. And so your fear builds, right? What happens for us is we end up getting into a self-fulfilling prophecy by that spider is going to hurt me. It's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt me. And all of a sudden, you scare it and it's got fangs and it bites you, mm. right? Um, and that's that's a shallow example, but... Why is it that when a situation happens or something's in front of us, our imagination goes to the fearful outcomes and we don't give a whole lot of leeway or, or attention to good outcomes? Mm-hmm. What about, well, the spider will walk away and he'll go find a fly. You know, <laughs> we, we don't tend to right. go that route. We're freaking out about what the spider's going to do to me. Exactly. And it's like, which, okay, it may, it may do something, but like, Instead of being on a positive reaction type side, we kind of go into this fear mode and like, and we all know it's survival. It's the survival right. mechanism, right? That's right. what we do. But in essence, this is how it correlates to liberty. That's what we're talking about. It is like fear becomes the survival mechanism of the unknown. So like the unknown is fear. And then you're like, I'm paralyzed. I don't know what to do, which has been the biggest problem for liberty for a long time. Yeah. That's how, that's how uh, liberty gets stripped away from the people all this other stuff. So that's why it's a, such a good analogy to really check yourself on. I'm not going into that room because I saw a spider. Well, don't blame the whole room because of the spider. <laughs> blame. I mean, I'm not trying to say blame. That's a stupid but, way. Yeah. Cardi B. <laughs> but but you're right. You you close off that whole room because I saw a spider in there one time. And all of us do it, man. We we in some way, shape, or form in our lives, we do that. And what we're gonna talk about is okay, how do you how do you overcome fear? How do you get past that? Because it Liberty requires us to overcome fear. And you reminded me, Rahm Emanuel, his famous quote, never let a good crisis go to waste. Why? Because crisis creates fear. It does. It does. Crisis, that word connotates, we don't know what to do. We're, we're, we're stuck here. Crisis means arms up in the air. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? That's exactly what the word crisis connotates. Mm-hmm. Let me say we're in a crisis right now. Everybody goes, oh no. You know, like, there's this weird thing that happens to people with that word. And it creates instability. So then people are clamoring, well, solve the problem. Because what fear is, is fear is I'm out of control. 
I, I can't control this situation or there's an aspect of it I can't control. Good, good, good thing this morning. I was reading um, 1440 News and they said COVID deaths are up in China. 60,000 people from December to, to, to January. Yep. I was like, dang, that's a lot of people. You click on it. 5,600 people actually died of COVID and respiratory. <laughs> the rest of them were like with with positive test cancer with heart failure with it's like y'all you don't blame the flu if someone dies of pneumonia you know like right if someone dies with heart failure you don't blame it on pneumonia right yeah, he caught pneumonia he got he had heart failure okay we get it his, his immune system was compromised but look at the way they fudge the numbers Sixty thousand people died no sixty thousand people may have had covid covid was not the reason they died right so 5,600-something people actually died because of COVID, right? And you notice the fear that went into all of oh that, especially gosh. early on. You're going to die if you don't get this jab. You're going to die. You're going to die. The fear in that. I, I saw people that should not have been afraid, totally afraid. But now you saw the CDC now is coming out and saying, this might be related to some crazy <laughs> stuff, this vaccine. I don't know. It's, it's something about hearts and... <laughs> It's just, I don't know. Man, we didn't see this. And it just kind of, and it, and then you, you know, it's not really a heart attack. It's not cardiac. We don't know know where it came from. Just happened to show up in the past two years. Us us who were on the, those who said we're on the conspiracy side, right? I'm not trying to gloat about this. I don't like death, right? My prayer is quit gloating. Start telling people so that they don't fall into this crap again. Right. Because fear got to a lot of people to do a lot of stupid things. Learn your lessons. Now, if you got the vaccine, we love you. It's not about that. It's not about the vaccine. It's not about any of that stuff. What it is is about what is controlling your decision. Fear or liberty and faith. What's controlling your decision? You need to know that. And that was the bottom line of why we were so adamant about the whole situation was it was all driven on fear. There was no opportunity for discussion. And that's something that you'll notice when somebody's trying to push fear upon you in order to take away liberties, in order to suppress your liberties, they won't allow the discussion. They won't allow you to, to open up and discuss the various avenues, especially in stuff like medical community. Right. And we've witnessed more and more of the medical community becoming, we have to go this narrative or else. And when when you're dealing with fear, you have to start working with what can I expose myself to to get over the fear? Now, there's there's a couple of I'm going to go the psychological route, then we're going to go the scriptural route in all of this for the psychological process. You've got a couple of different options. You've got step by step or you've got what's called flooding. Now, step by step is let's say you're afraid of snakes. So the first session, maybe you have a conversation with the therapist about snakes. Second session, you look at pictures of snakes and have a discussion about snakes. Third session, you're you're playing with a toy snake. Fourth session, you handle a live snake, maybe. Fifth session, you get bit by a viper and you die. But you've you've overcome your fear. (laughs) There'll be people like five minutes later will calculate that. Wait a second. No, but but it's just this step-by-step process. <laughs> those, those ones are my favorite. Just snipe it in there. <laughs> totally unsuspected. Uh, but this step-by-step process, yeah. God actually walks us through this. Right. God will push you to do something you're a little bit uncomfortable with. Hey, little why don't bit. you go talk to that person? Right. <laughs> a little bit, a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it. You know, faith really 
it's it's a lot of bit of uncomfortable and it's supposed to be again we'll refer to this the gospel is offensive and do holy spirit offends me like i don't want to go talk to that person right now i don't care who you are you still deal with it you still deal with the uncomfortability of preaching if you're truly god's i don't like to preach sometimes but dude you do it and you go out and minister you go out and reach you know do outreach that's that's literally the like get over the fact that it's going to be easy and comfortable it's not it's not like nothing is in the kingdom of god mm-hmm. it's a fight it's a war we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers right that's gosh i wish we can get that you know it, it, it's it's not easy it's just no, not no and as soon as you convince yourself that the christian life is going to be easy you've sunk yourself oh my gosh because now anything that comes against you that's not easy, oh, well, I don't, I don't understand. Why is Terrible this happening? So are the cares of the world come up, the persecutions, and Satan steals the seed. Why did Christ say count the cost? Boom. There count it is. Count the cost. There it is. So fear is associated with this. Mm-hmm. Fear is associated with liberty. Fear is associated with law. Too much law creates fear in people because, like, man, if I breathe wrong, I get busted now you can't even use the wrong pronouns or the whatever i don't even know how this all works they're never going to stop our speech they can't right. and uh, you know whatever they could say they can they can write all the laws in the world but you can't stop speaking so we're not going to do that but the fear that comes around that like what's going to be said next how are we going to be perceived that stuff always comes up but it's like at, at the end of the day we're you and i are both whatever right at this point you know? our our principle overcomes the fear and they will try to suppress you know speech right canada B, uh, bill c16 forces compelled speech so what happens if you don't do it jail time ah there's the aspect of fear i'm afraid of punishment so i'll i'll regulate myself so i don't get punished they've just controlled you because they used your fear against you and and we've we've got to understand that we, we won't ever get rid of fear, right? So perfect love casts out all fear. Let me ask you, are you in perfect love yet? I mean. I mean, besides Massey. <laughs> but Christ is perfect love, right? So the closer we get to the perfect love, the closer we get to God, yes, the more fear gets cast out. But there are times where you have to overcome your fear. You have to overcome what, what is suppressing you. And that process, you know, going back to the psychological process, you have the step-by-step where you have flooding, where flooding, if you're afraid of flying, you get on that plane and you, you stick there until the anxiety goes down, the fear goes down, and you start to be able to accurately assess your situation. God will use these processes on us. He does. You're afraid of evangelism. You're afraid of, there will be times where the Holy Spirit will go talk to that person go lord i don't i lord i go but the more you do it the less you have fear public speaking how do you get over that fear of public speaking speak yeah you do it and the more mistakes you make actually the less fear you have as long as you stick with it because you get you okay that mistake wasn't that bad i can get over that right right i think too like i've had people point out to me man hey there's a period off you misspelled this word or something and it's just oversights, you know, usually yeah. I'm pretty, you know, like I'm very meticulous on that kind of crap, but it's like, I get, and, and you got, you can't be afraid of that. Like you can't right. be afraid of criticism. You can't be afraid of people saying, man, he talks too fast. He does. And I do talk fast. And that's the number one thing I always get told. You talk sometimes too fast. And, and, you know, but you, you learn through that. You're like, okay, slow down. 
let them take it in. But I'm talking about fear here. Like the fear of getting up in front of a lot of people to do something is not the same fear as I'm about to be burned at the stake for what I'm about to say. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's a different kind of fear. It's, different. You know, yeah. one is, I don't know if I can do it. The other one is, Oh God, if I do it, you know what I mean? That's Way different. Point. That's a good so point. So there's all these different types of fears too. Liberty. I fear someone's going to do something to me. And some fear is selfish born. Mm-hmm. Some fear is God. It's, it's almost, I'm not saying fear is induced by God because it doesn't come from God. But when you step out, is it fear or is it uh, prudence that guides our decision, right? Right. Prudence, meaning I still keep going with caution. That's not fear. That's just being smart and counting the cost. Uh, to your point, I, I think there is an a healthy aspect of fear, right? There's a reason it's in us. Danger, right? Danger, danger. Danger. But the problem is it gets way out of whack. Now, we could, we could fear for our family, right? But then we have to go back to, okay, what's love? We love the Lord. We trust the Lord. We have reliance in the Lord. So that overcomes our fear for our family because, okay, Lord, I have to put them in your hands, right? And that's, that's, that's where love overcomes fear, right? That's where love casts out fear because we keep our eyes on the Lord. And um, in the garden, that's where fear originated, right? Fear originated in the garden. And when the trust and the reliance on the Lord was broken— now, all of a sudden, we're on our own. We're doing it on our own. Fear all of a sudden rushes in because oh, I, I can't handle that situation. I don't know how to do that. Where if we have total, true reliance on the Lord and faith in the Lord, oh, God will take care of it. Word. Right? Uh, the Lean not on your own understanding. But I think that's what one of the biggest issues people don't understand the word. I right. think that's a come on. Let's get real. Right. You don't understand the word. You don't read it enough to let it occupy your mind and your thoughts. You don't let it marinate in your heart the way King David said, I'll, uh, the word if I hid in my heart, I won't sin against you. When you're not doing that, you're susceptible to fall into things that outside influences, fear being one of them, right? Mm-hmm. If God has told us, you know, that there's a meme going around, there's one statement in the Bible, it's 365 times. Oh, yeah. Other translations, it's different, but like it just, you know, fear not. And some will say 600 times, some will say whatever, but fear not, right? Well, why did he write that if we weren't going to be in fear sometimes? <laughs> exactly. You know, like, so th- it's okay. Like, it's it's not like you don't lose your salvation if you walk in fear sometimes. That's not the issue. The issue is how do you overcome your fear? Well, it ain't by your word. Your word got you into fear. You know what I mean? Your belief system got you into fear. How do you do it? It is legit submission to the spirit of God and trusting in his promises. No, here, I preached on this the other night. Belief connotates a firm reliance on something. I know for a fact that I signed the deed to this, you know, this, this house that I own, right? I know that's my house. Well, except for taxes and government. They can take it anytime they want, but, you know, it's my house <laughs> nonetheless, right? I believe that. I believe right. this is my shirt. It's gray for you. Some it's silver, but it's gray to me because it's what it looks like in my eyes. Right. I'm sure that I believe my shirt is gray. I believe Jesus Christ died for me and resurrected and set me free from sin. Right. That his power commands me and sanctifies me and washes me in all stuff of blood. Then once I get that belief, it leads me to more of knowing who God is. That's st- stepping out in faith. Right. Lord, then I need to step out in faith here. Right. So then you start to step out in faith, evidence of things not seen. 
you know, the substance of things hoped for. I walk out. As I do the things in faith, James 2 says to, to, that uh, faith requires works, right? Faith without works is dead. Faith alone can't save you. It's, the, it, you know, it's abiding in him, right? And so, I'm sorry, faith alone saves you, but faith alone in and of itself, isn't a, it's not a faith if it doesn't have action behind it through Christ. So you walk through it. Once you get that, it creates new belief. Like, okay, I'm firm in the promises of God because I've experienced it. I've tasted it. I understand it. I know it. So therefore, belief gets created. Then it cries out for more faith, right? right. It's the same thing with fear. Once you've overcome it one time, you become to have a belief in a, in a, in a, in a, in a strength and a confidence. New fear comes up. It's like, man, but he did it last time. You know, he's, he saw me through this one. I'm going to go through this now. That's what happens. And you got to overcome that through the spirit. It's submission. Knowing belief leads me to faith. Faith leads me, leads me to belief. And it keeps going like that. And that's how you win. Is That's, that's how you overcome. It's how you win the day. You're, you're like, I keep going, and I trust in the faith of God. It creates belief. Then I go back to that, right? And it creates this unknown place called fear or sometimes trepidation or sometimes, I don't know if I want to do this. You know, it's like you keep stepping out. We're, we're, we just talked about this. What could happen all of a sudden if we go this, you know, because we've been national before. We've done... But, you know, we get on these shows and people want to call us experts. We're not freaking experts. We just read it, see it and tell you that's that's a, it's not hard to read a document created for farmers back in the day. OK, it's called the Constitution. No, you need a degree. Some lady told me that you need a juris doctor, whatever it is, degree, but JD degree from the seriously to read the document that told the government. No, you, that's that's what I need a degree for. You need a degree where you sit in the classroom and you read a bunch of books about law and then say what those books said about law about law which is what we're doing when we read the constitution it's law. I mean, we we read and then we tell about what we read it sounds strangely familiar wow wow you you, you ever seen goodwill hunting <laughs> for a dollar 35 in late fees at the public library yeah. just saying <laughs> I, you know, and I got great friends to tell me that my shirt's really wrinkly. I didn't know that. But thanks, fellas. Um, yeah, no problem. Let's continue fear. I, um, I, I wanted you to overcome the fear of a wrinkled shirt. So I figured you had I to be exposed by right it. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, I do want to. So one of the other things that can cause fear are actually lies that are embedded into us. And this is. If you're against the inner healing process, I understand <laughs> But if I could just have a conversation with you for, for a second <laughs> about a psychological process that happens within us that is well documented in the field of psychology. When you're a kid, the world revolves around you. Now, we make this joke about our kid. My five-year-old, the world seems to revolve. It truly does revolve around your five-year-old. They, they, they cannot conceive of other people's perspectives they can't put themselves into other people's all of the world is acting upon them so when you're fully surrounded self-centric if anything happens to you whether or not it's your fault you take that on how easily we can buy into a lie for a lifetime from something that happened during our developmental years if your parent storms in the house and says you're worthless, 
you do not understand that your parent has been a drunk for 20 years, that everybody hates them at work, that they have no friends, that their life is going nowhere, and they are just expressing all of their anger and bitterness upon you. You don't hear that. What you hear is, I'm worthless. My dad thinks I'm worthless. Immediately, that lie will build a whole belief system upon itself. It's true. And what frustrates me is when people are like, inner healing doesn't, it, it doesn't matter at all. It didn't, you don't understand psychology. How come if a leg's broken, it's broken? And until it's healed by a doctor or it's prayed for it and healed, we go, well, yeah, it's still broken. Why is it that physically we have no problem with understanding that physical issues may continue even after you're saved, but with emotional issues, for some reason, we're told we're made new so we believe, ah, well, that means all emotional scars and struggles and problems just disappear. Right. It's not true. It has not borne itself out in the experience. I know I'm, I'm getting on my soapbox, but no, it annoys it. me because what you're doing is you're limiting people from understanding how to get healing and breakthrough emotionally. Exactly. And you're hindering yourself from receiving a breakthrough in your life. Exactly. As far as like, man, I need liberty and freedom in the spirit. And so you limit yourself by saying, well, I didn't work that one time that tried it and blah, blah, blah. Somebody didn't react well. I've so. learned this, dude. I've learned this as a principle. If you're not truly honest with the Lord, he's only going to go for what you gave him. He's not going to force himself. Well, right. he will sometimes. In some ways, there, there, but there, there will be times he, he will, he'll, he'll, he'll cause you to go through some stuff. Right. Because you wanted it that way. It doesn't have to be this difficult where we, uh, somehow, uh, like, like you said, that we, we, we blame the thing instead of us. And the bottom line is you don't like being exposed. I wish we can get honest about that. Yeah. It's, it's hard to expose yourself being naked before the Lord, right? Just This is me. This is who I am. Because he begins to, by the spirit of holiness. When you see holiness, you begin to look through the lens of Christ. And you're like, man, I am nothing close to the Christ's image. Mm -hmm. I need him more and more and more. And when I even think I've done something good, I'm like, yeah, right. And you can poke holes through that stuff. So you're like, Lord, I need your grace more and more and more. Right. Yep. And we will. It's much easier to recognize the, the cost of having a deep pornography addiction. Right. Or a deep alcohol addiction, because the consequences are very severe. It's much harder for us to recognize parts of our personality that are, are way out of whack. Right. Um, and I'm not trying to put this person on blast, but somebody recently told me, I don't want to go back there. And that was, that was their biggest issue with the whole idea of inner healing or going back and, and figuring out, okay, where are these lies? I don't need to go back there. No, actually you do because you're recognizing these things are still having control over you because if they didn't have control over you, you'd have no problem going back. I have no problem going back and thinking about vacations I had with my family where we went to Disney World and we had a great time and it was beautiful and it was awesome. I have no problem with that. If I have a problem going back to something, that means there's a hurt that's still created right. out of that. Right. It needs to get healed. That's right. But that's that fear. I think a lot of it is just being exposed. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. And if I guess, I, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. I can't, you can't force that. What's the right word to say? You can't, you can't make yourself be honest. You just have to be. Mm -hmm. And then the Spirit of God makes you honest. It just does. And it starts with humility. Um, and in this whole process, the reason that I, I am so adamant about however you recognize you need to understand your past, how it, whether inner healing or something else, going back there with the Lord and figuring out, Lord, where did this come from? Where is this lie from? 
you're, you're overcoming fear. You're humbling yourself and going, okay, Lord, I'm not transformed in this area. I want to be. I'll give it up to you. One of the, the greatest things you ever told me, within the pantheon of great things you've said to me, one of the awesome things that totally transformed how I looked at sin was getting real with the Lord and saying, Lord, I love this sin. I really love this sin. I find immense pleasure in it, but I know you hate it. That humility is so important because often, Lord, I hate this sin. I don't want it to be a part of me. You're I li- can't stand it. Liar. <laughs> right. You're lying. You're lying. That's why you keep doing it. It brings you pleasure. That's what sin does. Sin it's deceitful. Is pl- sin is pleasurable for a season. Yes, it's deceitful. And you don't even see the effect of it. And the only reason sometimes you all repent is because you got busted somehow. And, right? and you actually shirk responsibility when you sure say, do. I hate it. I don't want it. So you're saying it's been forced upon you. Oh, yeah. And then you're saying you're, you're, you're literally going to the Lord saying, well, why didn't you just change me? Why didn't you just transform? It's like, well, he did. He gave you new nature. You know why you're, you're even thinking about prayer right now when you wouldn't have before is because of the spirit of God. But are you submitting the spirit of God before? And it was actually Todd, uh, Pastor Todd, that taught me this. He said uh, he started praying like when I when I was caught in pornography and stuff, like when I was in my sin, um, I don't I'd obviously overcome it, you know, and things like that. But then he preached this sermon. I met him a couple years after that. Right. Taught Pastor Todd. So we were sitting there, preached a sermon. He said, Lord, give me that conviction that I felt after I used to do it before I even tried to do it. Amen. That conviction that comes over you where it's like, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, I could use that with anything. Lord, mm-hmm. food. I can use that with gluttony or, or whatever. I could use that with, you know, many different things. And so like you, 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 you tell on yourself instead of trying to be told on. Yes. Right. Cause Satan will tell on you all the time. And that's why people don't want to get honest because you're being hindered by Satan and the lies that Satan does like, man, if they really found out who you are, bro, it's over for you. And it's like, no, I really found out if you're honest with your bros, especially like my own pastor, when I was many times, you know, like that, that I just get straight with him about things like thoughts I have towards people uh, you know, me and my wife got into a huge argument. I guess, you know, I, I wish I wouldn't have said this or, uh, you know, and when I say argument, Carrie and I don't throw blows. We, we just argue and disagree. But sometimes, you know, I, I'll get angry and, you know, I'll say like, I can't believe you think like that. You know, and she's like, why do you make me feel stupid? I'm like, I didn't even say that, but I guess you took it that way. You know, right. and so and you get honest with your bros and say, bro, I had a, I had a moment this morning, man. I, I lost my temper. There was no patience in in any prayer and you find they want to be there with you, bro. Like a lot of our friends, they want to be there and pray with you because you find out when you're honest, I bet you 90% of your friends are dealing with almost the same thing in a different way. Right. Mm -hmm. Or something similar to it. And then you expose yourself and then everyone else can be honest. And that's how repentance starts. That's the thing. If you're truly, 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 truly honest, going to inner healing and you really get set free you know what you're going to want to do? You're going to tell your friends about it. Mm-hmm. Bro, I finally feel free from this. Man, this bitterness really held on to my life, man. Man, I couldn't see Christ this way. I mean, for a long time, you know this. Uh, I didn't think God loved me. I just thought I'm going to be a servant. That's it. I'm just a servant. He's the king. I'm the pawn. <laughs> he moves my thing. Right. You know that. We've talked yeah. about that many times. But there's this place in your heart. You get rid of that fear. It's like, Lord, okay, then expose that to me. Show me that. And he does, mm-hmm. right? And so your mindset changes completely. Like I am his son and I don't make excuses for sin. Right. And if I sin, I have an advocate, Lord, I I'm, I'm flesh. I know that, but I'm not blaming my flesh. I'm blaming my choice, you know? And so 
that's the fear you got to get rid of and say, Lord, I don't care what my mind says. I care what your word says. Right. And if you want me to be clean, then I got to go pursue that. I have to pursue holiness. I pursue it because it's there for me. The grace of God is for me. I pursue grace. I pursue faith. I pursue belief. I, you know, I go after Christ, who's all of that. Right. And then it teaches you to grow. So the more fear you can get rid of. And I think a lot of people get hindered because they think, you know, is, is, is this really for me? Like, is, <laughs> I think one of the greatest things uh, that ever happened to me that I figured out what my calling was very early on. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, I think. But I figured it out early on. I'm supposed to preach. Like I'm supposed to go out and minister to people. I'm supposed to go to the streets and preach in the, you know, to the lost. And so all that stuff happened. And it was a natural proclivity. I just had a thing for it. You know what I mean? And I never used to do it growing up. I was just naturally good at it. But like, I didn't use that gift. And then when I got saved, it was right, you know, it was just on. I, I wanted to go tell people about Jesus and what he did for me and, and how God became my father. I mean, it was like all these concepts, like, wait a second, I got a, her, a heavenly father. What, you know, and, and, <laughs> but that fear went away when I started going after my love, when I started, my, I'm going after Jesus. And I, man, I was freaking out every time I had to preach to people. Cause I knew how mad I made people. <laughs> it was not easy. Right. Gosh, I remember them days, you know, and then not that it got any easier, but it's like, okay, you know, like it's the gospel and that's what you do, you know? And, and you, you start undoing the lies of everybody's going to come after me. It matters what everybody says, that kind of stuff. Right. So the more you pursue, the more you go towards love, the more of those lies will, will dissipate. Right. There are strong lies that you have to go back and you have to fix because if there's a lie or an issue, just like a broken leg, if you break a leg, you're not going to walk on that leg you're going to find every other way to move yourself without putting weight on that leg. It's the same thing with emotional scars. What we do is we get a massive emotional scar out of fear of wounding that scar again and again, right? Putting the finger in it or putting the salt in it. Our personality will try to compensate. And so we'll, we'll do things to compensate so that piece doesn't get infected again or, or get pressed. But even that, that, that analogy is so good. <clears throat> Why do you want to keep nursing an unhealed wound? oh that's good right what, what for 20 years you've been you, you got this open sore on your knee and you're like oh don't touch it oh don't this and the doctor's like yo i could suture that up mm. we get this thing fixed up why do you keep it open what and then you begin to limp and your limp affects how you work you can't even do what you used to do because you got this limp going on because of this thing here and all of a sudden infections happen you're like lord why is this infection happening because you you're leaving the wound open instead of closed Dude, when it's scarred up and healed, you don't even know it's scar tissue at that point. Mm -hmm. And it's strong. Yeah. It makes Ooh, you stronger. That's a good point. You see what I'm saying? It's tougher. So it's durable. Why, listen, listen, with liberty, right? Listen, think about the founders. What fear they had to go through to say, hey, we're going to start a whole new nation. <laughs> People like, are like, oh, white, rich, <laughs> aristocrats. This is all selfish. Dude, think about that. You're like. Hey, we're going to start a whole new government. Um, well, how are we going to do that? I don't know, but we're going to do it. We we're going to go through all of history and philosophy. We're going to need to develop a nation. Hey, TJ, write that declaration, would you, bro? <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, Washington, you go lead that army over there. You're, you're killing it right now. You're doing, I mean, literally killing it. You're doing great. You know what I mean? And he's like, sure, I'll use my own money to do it. You know, and yeah. John Adams is like, we need liberty, you morons. And, you know, like, and, and, and everybody's getting together. And you had some of the guys who were, against it and for it and all of a sudden they start this thing and all of a sudden they get an, uh, a petition from the king or an olive branch from the king they sent him an olive branch 
They get a response back and they're like, all of you have bounties on your heads. And if we find you, you're hung because of the sedition that you're doing right now. And they're like, sedition? Your government is taking away our rights. Why are we seditious, right? And they're, what, what, you know, what's going on? This is exactly, and then they're walking around going home saying, babe, we're trying to do the best thing we can right now, but keep the kids inside because, hey, they're yeah. coming for us uh, right now. Uh, maybe you guys should flee into the woods right now. Uh, they've got pitchforks. Yeah, and literally the whole time they're thinking, Lord, I pray to God this is what we're supposed to do because this is for our children. This is not about us. This is not about what we can gain out of this. It's about our kids. Now, obviously, some will have ulterior motives. That's not the do people do that in church. Get over it. Quit trying to think this is perfection. You got to work through that stuff. And God allows those things to teach us either compassion, judgment, uh, discernment. He teaches us how to correct. He teaches us how to love. So sometimes our fears teach us what we're supposed to be. When I was in ministry for 12 years in a cult, when I left that group, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that again. My fear was if I started ministry, remember this, if I started ministry, I don't want to run it because I have that same proclivity. I kind of have that type A personality and I don't want to fall into that stuff. And I was holding myself back from fear when a type A who's healthy, Pastor Todd, a, a really healthy type A, like someone who knows what he's doing myself now, uh, Jake, you know, like friends of mine that are like type A's, but they're healthy about it the real leadership pops out. This isn't about us. You know, it's about the mission, what God has called me to. This isn't about a personality, right? This is about the mission. Like here, I don't do our social media. Carrie doesn't do it. Lily Kate does. Sometimes you do it, right? I'm not putting my image out there. You're putting yours out there. We're putting Carrie's out there, but I'm just the face of the ministry. That's just how it is. I didn't ask for that. It just happened. And look, here we are. And, and I would have been holding myself back with that fear of, I may fall into that. I may do that. I can't even think about that right now. I'm thinking about the people. And the fear that happened taught me compassion. Everything I went through taught me how to love people. This last year, going through like battling different thoughts in my mind, depression, all these other things. It taught me something yesterday. It was all, I'm, I'm telling you, if it was only for one person, it was for this person that I went out to lunch with yesterday. That eight, nine months of mental torture I was going through last year was for this dude. And I said, I finally understand what depression means. Hmm. I finally get it. I, for you, I finally understand this thing. Called, but if I kept walking in that fear, I wouldn't be able to overcome it and say, okay, look, Lord, here it is. I need to go help that guy because I know exactly what it's like to be darkened in your minds, right. the Bible says. I know exactly what it feels like when you're blinded, when you can't see the promises, when you feel like God has forsaken me, right? Fear will hold you back from liberty. Think of the founders. They lost everything in a lot of, in a lot of cases. For you. And don't tell me they didn't have fear. Look at Polycarp. Look at John Knox. Look at, uh, I'm sorry, John Huss and all these guys who were burned at the stake for their faith. You think fear wasn't a part of their mindset? But what did it produce? Their, their, acts, their acts of faith through fear. Liberty. We have a Bible because of men like Martin Luther. Huss. You know, these guys. Wycliffe. Wycliffe. Knowing that if they translated the Bible, they could be hung for it. Wycliffe was what burned by burned at the stake for translating it. Right? So, so that fear didn't stop their faith. When it comes to liberty, when it comes to what we're talking about here, you can't let fear hinder you from saying, but what if we don't have law anymore? It's because you're used to, ooh. please catch this. You're used to being in bondage. You don't know any other way. That's why people were afraid of starting a new nation. All they knew was bondage, and it's okay. But if we leave this, what happens? The unknown. 
isn't that being held under bondage? Exactly. Romans 6. Exactly. Don't you know that to, you, to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, it's servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. That is scripture. You are submitted to something, and it scares you to think not being submitted to that thing will somehow breed liberty. You're scared, and that's okay. But liberty is birthed out of that pain, out of that fear. And wouldn't it be a better nation for all of us if we could just be like, hey, my neighbor wants to park some cars in his lawn suite. Hey, guys, we need to help this guy because it looks crappy. Or there's going to be constant riots in the streets and shooting and looting. Okay, church, where's your God? Come on, man. Read Isaiah 58. You will be repairs of the breach. I, I just We did this last yep. week. Restore of the streets. Come on, man. And our our mentality has to <clears throat> has to understand the person in fear. And I think this is this is really important because there are people who aren't even willing to risk a dollar in their pocket for a reward. And Ooh. and like you said, they're they're <laughs> they're living in fear. Ooh. They're living in fear, so they continue to operate in fear. And it it's a perpetual motion, just as <laughs> Confidence is perpetual motion. Fear is perpetual motion. This is the issue with liberty. So those who have small risk, hear me. This explains a lot of what we don't understand coming from the liberty mindset, what we don't understand about the other side. Those who have small risk thresholds are adamant about staying safe. And they will quickly force those with a higher risk threshold to give up liberty to placate their safety. There are different thresholds that people have for risk. We, as liberty-minded, have to know what we're up against. People who are very afraid with low-risk tolerance believe liberty is not the highest priority because they see it only as dangerous and risky. People who do not put their faith in a God who works all things together for the good of those who love him, according to his purpose, will feel all of their days are upon their own shoulders. That's a heavy weight, guys. If you don't believe that God is taking care of things, all of it's on your weight. And if you have a low risk tolerance, give me all the rules I can because I need to be safe. I don't want to lose that dollar in my pocket. So not only do we have to shed our own fear and trust in the Lord, but we have to begin understanding that our message will fall on deaf ears unless we can communicate with those who have low risk thresholds. We have to talk their language. We do. We have to talk their language. We, <clears throat> we can yell liberty at them until we're blue in the face, yep. but we have to understand there are plenty of people who are like, I just want to get through my day, and you're trying to talk about you being able to not wear a seatbelt. <laughs> Nuts to you, right? That's really the communication that's going on there. <laughs> that's good. No, no, you're right. I think people, they would – there's something about having the spirit of God within you. Right. Right. It, it, it creates a need for non-selfish actions that benefits everybody. But in the end, when you fight for everyone else, it benefits you. Mm -hmm. And when you can look at it through that eyes, the fear kind of goes away of like, okay, this isn't about me. Right. It's about my children. So if they can be free, yes, you know what it benefits, man? My kids hopefully turning around saying, man, he, he did something. Right. He fought for Liberty. Right. I didn't need a school to tell me about American history. My daddy studied it. I didn't need a, a preacher to tell me about the word. My daddy did it. My mommy did it. You know what I mean? That is what's building in our kids is our lack of fear. Fear always exists, but then we got to step out and walk in faith. And I think you, you wrote here, 
God teaches us that life is temporary. It's just a temporary thing. Life is so fleeting, right? Um, a, a, a nephew of mine passed away last night. I could, I, I, I'd only met his, his other two siblings. I'd never met him because they live in Texas and I never caught up with them, but mm-hmm. me and his dad, cousins and stuff. And, and um, I found out he passed away and he died of a motorcycle accident. And it, you said it, it was kind of like a solemn moment. Like when we talked about it this morning and uh, you think he could have been more than 20, what, 25, 26, maybe. And you, you just, you start to think how quick life can go. Right. And we live in the fast lane and it, you know, everything has to get done tomorrow. It's like, man, what happened to us? What happened to us? What happened with this whole, and, and since life is so quick to go, um, you wrote in here, it's just a really good scripture. I want to read it before we go. What time is it? Uh, we got three, four minutes. All right. So he says here in Colossians five, <laughs> sorry, we, we pre-record this and then we release it. So it's, we're trying to stay within the second uh, Corinthians five, one through four says, for we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house, we groan longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven Inasmuch as we having put it on uh, will not be found naked for indeed while we were in this tent we groan being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed but clothed so what is the more what, what is mortal will be swallowed up by life right? right we're not here forever we're groaning for the day Jesus comes back right and and redeems his people now i may die before he comes back i don't know right but at least I'll know then, okay, Lord, I did what I could. And I'm, I'm going to be, the Bible says, judged for my deeds. What did I do on this earth? I don't want to be caught, you know, in, in the sight of, well, I mean, I, I tried to, to do something, but I was just really afraid, Lord. You understand, right? And there's this doctrine going around. Jesus understands us. It's not about him understanding us. He came on earth, died as a perfect man. Yeah, he gets us. He was, he, he, he was tempted in all points yet without sin. Learned obedience to the things which he suffered. That All that's true. But it wasn't about that when we got saved. It's not about you. It's about him. It's always been about him. And when it's about him, it's about liberty. It's about setting the captives free. It's about like our nation being built on the foundation of the states can run themselves. Right. The Constitution told government, the federal government, to stand back, get off me type of thing. And that our cities don't run off this, the U.S. Constitution alone. State constitutions too. And so... When we get this big government mother mindset, right? That's what destroys liberty is I can't do it without them. You know, we've lost confidence and we've given into fear. That's why liberty doesn't make sense to our nation. Right. That's if you look at the nation when it was founded in liberty, they went through the French and Indian War, which they fought themselves. England didn't send a bunch of troops over. So they fought it themselves. They gained some confidence. Look, we can do this. We're and then all of a sudden somebody's trying to press back upon them. They're going. I can handle myself, bro. Leave me alone. All of a sudden, they've got the confidence of, I'll be fine. I'll be good, right? And so that's why when we're talking about fear, fear and liberty intertwine so closely because if you're fearful, you're looking for safety. If you're looking for safety, you're putting liberty to the side. And start thinking about how you're going to have those conversations with people who have low risk thresholds. Mm. How do we help them have the confidence that liberty actually helps them along, doesn't hurt them? Mm. Okay. So until Friday, thank you so much. As always, we got the beautiful Massey. Just, just a wonder and amazement. Michelangelo had no clue what he was doing.
for all of those who are listening. Be sure to go to the selfevidenttruth.com. Check out the articles. Check out everything. Get yourself some merch. All right. Moich, baby. Moich. All right. Till Friday. Love you guys. Peace. Have a great day. Peace.